All right, welcome in to the Illini Enquirer podcast. Jeremy Warner live in Piscataway with the only other soul who would travel to Rutgers uh, for an 0-3 Illinois team. But this is why we're here for you fans. Uh, and uh, I want to go through his emotions throughout this game. Uh, but Robert Rosenthal, IlliniBoard.com, and I are sitting in the athletic director's suite, the visiting athletic director's suite, where I'm sure Josh Whitman went through the same emotions Robert was going through. And Robert, you can you can set the scene, man. You you heard it. You saw uh, Whitman late in this game. He, he was showing emotion that we could visibly hear. Yes, we could hear a sound coming from the suite after the penalty flag that moved Illinois out of field goal range on that one. Which, you're right, it is encouraging that uh that there i mean i there were people in here with him so we you know we can't say that we know that that was him but uh, you know it was it was getting kind of uh loud in here with some uh some things and some tension at the end of the game but it was great it was great to oh life just went out well oh, look out um yeah it was great to it was great to have an emotional moment that these kids can you know you watch that last play and they're down there celebrating and it's just it's good to see them all have a moment of, you know, hey, look, we pulled this out. Yeah, and to bury the lead here, Illinois wins 23-20. to They're down 20-10 to in this game. You're thinking, as the lights just went out here, the lights might go out on the, on the Illinois season and the lights might go out on the Lovey Smith era. We were all thinking about it coming into this game. And while this is just one win, Another one against Rutgers, and out of nine Lovey Smith Big Ten wins, four are against Rutgers. He's 3-0 and now in Jersey, so he likes coming here. But this is the necessary step. Like, you got to win one to, to win more and to, to string some together, and you go to Nebraska, Robert, with a chance. And we'll talk about Isaiah Williams, but – to stop us from fully putting out our lists of next coaches, of, of, of fully stopping people saying, is, is he going to get fired mid-year? You have to win a game. And they found a way to win the game the way Lovey Smith likes to win games, which is running the football and getting takeaways. And they did those things well today. You're right. The second half was exactly what we were kind of promised. Now it's Rutgers, so does it matter? And, you know, the fact that Rutgers, you know, opened as a seven-point favor here always felt a little off to me just because, you know, they – they still haven't done much. They're going to have a game in the next few games where there's somebody like 52 to three, and, and it's going to be like, oh, right, this, this might take a while. Um, so, you know, with that said, and knowing the opponent and acknowledging all of that, it's good to have a, like, you know, to get that behind you, to get a comeback, to have a let's rally, to have a we missed the field goal, but we got another turnover and then another turnover. You know, it's just, it changes the mood of practice this week. It changes the mood of everything else. So, you know, yeah, Rutgers handed a lot of it to them. And, you know, the three second-half turnovers and even the, the failed field goal at the end of the first half, you know, it was what probably national media were thinking they would see if they tuned in to Illinois Rutgers 2020. Uh, but, again, you know, it's just good to, to come out with a win and, you know, see the sideline not look like it's looked the last three weeks. Well, and in the Big Ten power rankings, whoever does them, you're not last, right. right? You have Michigan State probably is 12 or 13. Penn State's 0-4 now. Um, so they're the only – Illinois uh, made Penn State now the only – uh, winless team so far in the Big Ten. And then, uh, obviously, Rutgers is below you. So you might be 12 or 11 heading right. into this week, which is not where you wanted to be. Right. But at Especially least... not year five. You don't want to – year five against the year one Rutgers, you don't want to win 23-20. Right, yeah. Uh, so I, I think we can all understand, Robert, this is – 
this is nowhere near yep. make you feel good. Um, but it's, it's, it was necessary and, and you found a way uh, to win a football game, right? Like that's, that's the biggest thing. But I, I was sitting here right before we started recording. I'm like, how many times do I think they lost that game? Whether it's Lovey Smith, not going for it on fourth and one from the 36 into the wind with a kicker who hasn't kicked in a couple of weeks, uh, whether it was doing it again uh, on the next drive and settling on third and 10 for a run, which they had been running well, or whether it was Isaiah Williams putting it on the ground and thinking, oh my gosh, they're done. Or whether it was Rutgers inside the, the 30, right? With, with the, before the interception with Hobbs and they're giving us a Noah Vidral and letting him throw, even though he was awful in the second half. I didn't know how many times I counted that Illinois was going to lose this game but somehow they came out on the other end of it with a win. Yeah, and I feel like like the, the play that sticks out in my mind from the second half was the back shoulder throw to Casey Washington to set up the winning field goal. Because it was, as you just said, like eight minutes of you take it, no, you take it, no, you take it, no, you take it, like over and over what everybody's expecting from these teams. And that was the, that was the play that won it. Like, you know... Now the clock is running down and you're not in field goal range. I don't even remember how much time was on the clock. I think it was 14 seconds before that play, and you're well out of field goal range. Uh, you know, Isaiah Williams even mentioned it in the postgame press conference. Like, you know, like that felt good. I stepped up and, you know, we needed that one play, and coach said we need this one thing, and, and he pulled it off. So, you know, if you look at that whole last 10 minutes or whatever, What's the what's the play that won the game? Yeah, the turnovers and yeah, this and that. But a 15-yard back shoulder throw to get them into field goal range to set up the winning kick. That that was that was the play of the game. And I, that was his best throw by far of the day. And he struggled. Yeah. He struggled to throw the ball all day. And you know, a guy who covers recruiting like myself, Robert. Sometimes when you get these prospects, you cover them for a long time. I've gotten to know him for a long time, and we know he's an electric runner. And Rod just rode it. 31 carries. Don't know how long he can do that in a season, right? But he wrote it to a victory today for a, a program record, 192 rushing yards. Um, obviously, he's got work to do as a passer. But covering this kid, I've just learned he's got a he's 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 got the it factor when it comes to these moments in games where you need him to step up and make a play. How many third downs he converted with his legs, uh, and, and he will this team uh, a chance to get a victory. I, there's a special quality about his. IQ, his uh, competitiveness that I've noticed. He's got to clean up other things. He's got to stay healthy. But that, if you're looking for a future hope, um, I think that guy can run what Rod Smith wants to run as long as he improves as a passer. Yeah, and I mean that stuff, that that narrative around Isaiah Williams. You know, I'm a St. Louis guy, so that that goes back eighth grade, seventh grade, like there's this kid who is the most ridiculous athlete you've ever seen. And he's probably, you know, one of the best point guards in the city of St. Louis. And he's impossible to tackle in eighth grade football and, you know, everything else that he's, you know, he, he was on recruiting lists as a true freshman in high school of like, there is, there is someone coming who is, who is, a, you know, that honestly, the last, guy I remember just from like I'm not that plugged into the recruiting scene but you just around high school football in St. Louis and people you know and this and that uh Adore Jackson was was kind of like that when he was before he he moved like he was on he was in the Belleville area the East St. Louis area and he was discussed like that of like there's this kid who's just so electric like you've got to see him kind of thing so for him to finally get to you know 
you know, he's not just an athlete, he's a leader, and he can, you know, he can lead a team to a tough win and all that stuff. For him to get a moment like that is just great. Like, it, there's nothing, I saw somebody tweet a, a photo of him and Patterson hugging on the sideline of like, that is, you know, that's, that that hits me in the St. Louis feels. That hits me in the you know in all that. It's it's nice to see. It's it's an inspiring story. I, I've gotten a front row seat to that, Robert. And like their relationship is special. I mean, Isaiah spent nights in Corey's house. Um, those guys come from nothing. Um, you know, don't have money in their life, and they found football was a path here. Corey's now making. $250,000 being an assistant coach. And he's going to do that for a long time, whether it's at Illinois or anywhere else. Isaiah Williams is getting a Big Ten Illinois degree, and he's a starting quarterback, at least for a game here, and, and probably at points in his, in his future career. It is. It, it's an awesome story. Uh, it does hit you in the feels. Um, so now people want to know, Robert, is there a quarterback controversy with Brandon Peters coming back next week? It's a weird dynamic. It's, it's a weird dynamic because Brandon was not good his first week. And that offense, even though Rod wants to pass more, that's what Rod Smith does. And, and they had time of possession. They kept the defense off the field. Pat White, Denard Robinson, all of that, that's what Rod Smith wants to do. So, to me, I don't think it's a ridiculous question of, is there a controversy? Maybe, a little bit. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned them, and, the, and then just think of Tate at, at, at Arizona, like the last stop where Rod was. That you know, when we signed Rod Smith as the new offensive coordinator and it's like, okay, it's the Rich Rod offense, that that was the thought of, like, if you can get a dynamic athlete there, uh, they can do it. And, you know, he, I think people saw today. He has the arm. Like, he, it's not that he doesn't have an arm. Like, the questions are height, obviously. 5'9", five, 5'10", five, can you be a Big Ten quarterback? You know, it's it's the... Jason Verdusco debate all over again. Uh, and then the questions are, you know, are, you know, does he have the accuracy to be, you know, he, he missed some of those throws. He, you know, those two to Barker near the sideline, the play played out exactly how he wanted. He just missed him. And those would have been, both have been in first downs. And so he has that, you know, he, he has the arm. People saw that he can make the throws. Now it's just a question of putting all of that together. Game management, don't turn it over. That early fumble, I'm sure, shook him up pretty good of like, you know, he, because he already had turnovers earlier this season. But you're, you're right. Like is, what you, like, is it two quarterbacks? Do you go to Nebraska and say Peters gets a series and Williams gets a series? I hate two quarterbacks. I, I just I don't think it works because I don't think it puts either in a position to succeed. But Brandon Peters obviously has a record for him. But Lovey Smith has said that just because you're out doesn't mean you don't lose your job. So I, I don't know. I, these are the these are why you get paid millions of dollars, or if you're Rod Smith, three quarters of a million dollars. Right. Yeah. And and it's 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 so hard to you know for uh, for Illinois fans. You know, you've been waiting to see what this offense is supposed to be, especially the last two years. It's this like, okay, we saw it with AJ Bush, but have we really seen what this offense is supposed to be? Have we seen the the full? Michigan, Arizona, Rich Rod playbook, and that's what you get when Isaiah Williams is in there. And, you know, to be fair, you saw some of the running in the first game. That was about all they had with, with Brandon Peters was was some of those times he would pull it. So, yeah, it's it's such a tricky question because now you've got more injuries in the offensive line and you got this, and you have a game where you just showed a decent defense, like, Rutgers wasn't awful in the first three games defensively. They're, they're not what they have been. They've been pretty good. And, you know, you show that, hey, we can take control of a game just with a running quarterback. And and Chase Brown, you know, 
playing off of him. So now you have a thing. You've got a card to play in the game. You've got a, hey, I would like to present this to you. And do you switch that up next week? Do you immediately go back to Peter's throwing jump balls to Bebe? I don't know. Like, I, it's a tough call. Yeah, here's the second half offense. You had 50 plays, 37 were rushes, 292 yards, which 245 of that was rushing yards. No punts. Just had to settle for too many field goal attempts, right? But that that's an effective offense. And Chase Brown's been, been my guy for a while, and you, and you can see why. He just doesn't go down. He's got some burst. I think there's some, like, you know, Epstein's so solid and doesn't make mistakes. I think that's next Chase Brown's next step. Yep. But but you have a rushing attack um, that that is effective, and, and it has been effective the last couple of games. You just haven't been close enough. Uh, to, to really use it uh, against these teams. So uh, I thought they might get out of it earlier in this game, but finally Rod just said, screw this. It's it's not Jeff Mocken's offense, but I'm going to army on you, and, and we're just going to run the ball down your throats until you can stop it. Yeah, and they even pulled out running game wrinkles. I mean, I, I don't know if we talked about this in the press box, but like I'm pretty sure it was Preston Angle wearing number 38. So you're back up, walk on center, they made him a fullback today, and they're they're having him block out of the backfield as like a wing kind of a H back kind of thing. You know, they they're getting creative with like, look, I think we can run the ball. I think we can do this. Let's let's see if we can set up like that. Like the fake to to Cumbie on the on the end around, and yes. Williams kept it and made a good decision. Like those were exciting little wrinkles that you and I were like, ooh, ooh, that's different. And it's and it's what's been sold while recruiting of like, look, we're going for speed and size doesn't matter. I don't care if Cumbie's five eight. Don't care if Williams is five nine. These guys can, you know, their speed is going to scare people. And so finally, in a game. You know, when, when they would run that little speed option thing and, and, and Williams would burst through the line, it's like, man, like that is, that's a thing right there. Like that's, that's what other fans of other programs get to see. <laughs> An athlete who is clearly faster and quicker and better than anybody on this football field. And you just don't have, so now what do you do? Like you, hey, we established a thing. Let's go back to the other thing next week. You know, what do you do with that? How do you? How could you say that? Like, it's hard. Yeah. Or you're probably trying to get your tight ends more involved again and figure that whole thing out. Right. I, I don't know. Um, I do have to give a shout-out. Julian Pearl, I thought, played pretty solid uh, coming in for Alex Pacheski, which is obviously a, a big loss. But I, I do think Lovey Smith's defense deserves a lot of credit. Three takeaways, uh, I think all in the last 20 minutes of that game. Uh, Jake Hansen had the pick that Derek Smith put up in the air. Uh, I thought Devin Witherspoon had an unbelievable play. And uh, then Nate Hobbs with the pick late in the game. So a secondary, Robert, that even in the first half, I was like, when are you guys going to make a play one-on-one? You know, Nate Hobbs got beat uh, early in the game. Melton had a few good catches. Witherspoon got beat. Adams got beat. And finally, um, Vedral threw it enough and gave you enough opportunities that, that they set up. They set up this win, and even with James McCourt missing a couple field goals and some questionable calls by Lovey to do that, um, the defense kept making play after play late in the game. Yeah, it, it, it really was two different halves because even that one drive, the 83-yard drive in the first half where the offense showed something, it was still kept alive with two Rutgers penalties that really assisted that drive. And yet, you know, and then the rest of the drives were all this really struggle and like, oh gosh, it's already third and 11 and that kind of stuff. So yeah, it was, I mean, part of it was, you know, I have this thing on time of possession. Well, time of possession this week was almost 35-25 Illinois. So in that fourth quarter, I think Rutgers, you know, it's my thing. Like, you know, they're a little worn down. They're a little weary. 
you, you put together a 10-play drive, and the end of that drive, they are, you know, really gasping for air. And I really think Illinois kind of, you know, pushed its own agenda in a game for the first time in I don't know how long. Like, like you said, it's, Purdue you know, right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, it has to be Purdue last year because other than that, it's been trying to catch up. Even Rutgers at home last year. Well, was tied at halftime or whatever and didn't break out to the second half and did that based on all those turnovers, the Hobbs fumble and the Daley Harding interception return. So, so yeah, it's the first time in any half of football in a long time. It's like, look, here's what we do. You try to stop it. He's not really going to even throw it much. So you can tee off on this, and if you can't stop it, we're going to win. And, and that's what they did. Um, okay, so if, if you want to be an optimist and buy into this, Robert, you would say – the last two weeks were mostly due to COVID, right? If, if, that, if that's what you want to believe is, okay, they were missing a bunch of key players, including your starting quarterback, your starting center, your kicker, which didn't make a big deal because Caleb didn't get put in situations to make a big deal of a difference, and he's good. Um, but Keith Randolph was out. You know, Isaiah Williams is out. Now, next week, besides some normal injuries that you have, with Jamal Woods, Alex Palczewski, uh, Milo Eifer was out today, but you had your starting defensive line uh, basically intact today outside of Woods. Um, your, your quarterbacks are all back now. You could buy in if they produce now that, hey, they go into Nebraska, now they're the team they're supposed to be, that they're going to turn the season around, and that's why they stuck in the last two weeks outside of Wisconsin. How much would you actually buy that? I mean, if the defense had been better – even today, I could start to buy that. But the concern with – like, you can explain a lot of the offensive stuff with that. It's hard to explain the defensive stuff. Yeah, Keith Randolph played well uh, up until he was injured there. And, 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 and you know, there, there were certainly moments where you like, okay, this defense really needed Nate Hobbs last week and, and things like that. But overall, like, even in this game at that one point, I, I think when it was 20 to 10, I tweeted that, that yards per play was Rutgers 7.2, and and coming into this game, they were averaging four yards per play. That was their thing. Like, They just hadn't been a explosive offense in any way, and you're giving up explosive plays. So that's still the concern. Uh, and, you know, it sits squarely on the head coach, who's the defensive coordinator, of, okay, the offense showed a little something and showed some life, and the defense got more turnovers and turned the game around, which is your – calling card and that's fine at some point there have to be yard stops there have to be you know that there was there it was good on third down today i, I don't know the final numbers for records but it, it was four for 14 which illinois came in 21 of 35 yes, Deep, uh, they're yes. opposing teams yeah. and they were what 100 123 teams are playing college football this fall and 60 percent third down conversions was 123rd in the country so you know, that's better, but again, it's Rutgers. It, there's something to build on there, but it's still this, like, you, you the good defenses, one, when the turnovers dry up, and they will in certain games, the good defenses are like, okay, well, we're just forcing three and outs and, and, and exerting our will, and we just haven't seen that yet. So that's the concern. That's the, that's the, that's the killer of all any optimism after a win is like, gosh, you, you've got to get to the point where the defense is stuffing people. Yeah, and, and you had to have a field goal with three seconds left to, to win the game. I, I totally agree with you, by the way. I, I still think there are huge concerns, and, and this doesn't cover it up, but it's the first step. But just like last year beating Wisconsin, which was an awesome moment for the program, it doesn't mean anything if you don't follow it up with another win, right? Yes. And, and with Ohio State in two weeks, 
you got to go to Nebraska and, and win this game to salvage the season. Without question, yes. Nebraska, not, you know, what's the biggest game of, you know, Lovey's tenure this week? Well, now it's next week and the next week. Like, it, we're now in a run of this has to be the start of something to where you then maybe even go into Ohio State and look competitive or, you know, at least look like something because, you know, let's keep in mind that this was a, a fifth-year Illinois program with 25 seniors against a first-year Rutgers program restarting it like Illinois was in 2016. And so when that's the case and you just win 23-20, you're still not where you were thinking you were going to be this year. But that's why they play football games and why you get additional chances. And yes, now go to Nebraska and prove, look, we've got a little, we get for the first time in a long time, we have something that's on film that's going to make the other coaches of the other teams say, hey, did you see this? Like, this kid is really, really good. We need to really game plan against this if that's what we're seeing. And maybe we see Peters and do we set up two different defenses? You know, for the first time, you have something that's, you know, you're going out there and saying, look, here's, here's, here's something that's going to scare the opponent a little bit, and that'll allow us to, to play off of it and game plan and that. So yeah. we'll see. So, so I'm, putting, I'm putting Robert in the Isaiah Williams starts next week category. <laughs> I'm, is that what I'm getting? Well, we've had four starting quarterbacks in four games. Obviously, it has to be Deuce Span next week. So there's going to be, you know, something or whatever. We're going to have the fifth starting quarterback in five games next week. And then I'm going to start the Ohio State game in on Thanksgiving. Yes. And then each of the 17 get their start yes, after that, exactly. right? Yeah. That's how it works. Um, yeah, like, I, I think Isaiah showed a lot. And Rod has always said, I want a quarterback who, who makes the defense gasp every time he has the ball in his hands. Isaiah does that. I mean, he can make he can make Illinois fans gasp too. Um, but at the same time, we saw enough there um, that makes him special. That, that makes him really intriguing piece moving forward. And they got a big decision to make this week. It does make you wonder what like if he you know say it was just Peters out and we had seen Williams the last three games. You know, is the Purdue game different? Is the you know. Minnesota obviously was defensive problems, and when you're giving up that many, you know, Isaiah wasn't going to you know, make a difference. But, um, you know, you, you lost the Purdue game by seven, and you were at the 15, threatening to tie it with two minutes left. Maybe this offense would have made a difference in that game. You don't, you don't know, but now you, you just kind of want to see it. Like you, you've established a thing, and you want to see how you can build on that. So, you know, I would love to – you know, at least the, I would think they're going to do some packages. Even if Peter's starting the Nebraska game, there's going to be a, either a series or some third down plays with Williams um, where they're going to – they just have to get the ball into his hand so he can do stuff like this. Well, Robert, let me ask you before I let you go, and appreciate you doing this, is um, wh- where are you – just with what could you actually see that would change their mind about – the future of this program moving forward with Lovey Smith because I think most people are sitting there going, man, barring some huge turnaround, th- this record isn't good enough, and we're seeing all these programs who hired coaches around the same time make way more progress than us. What is our identity? Why aren't we winning more? It doesn't look like the coaching has been very good this year. So saying all that, what would you have to see the rest of the year? I mean, you would. this would have to be – like this McCourt field goal would have to be last year's McCourt field goal to where a guy hits a field goal to win a game 
and then the next month is a completely different football program. Like it, it would have to be that level of click to where the defense is improved and the offensive play calling is better and all the statistics are improving and you know it, it, it just it would have to be that level of you know lost to Eastern Michigan got killed by Minnesota lost to Michigan last year and then all of a sudden bang it's different after Wisconsin this would have to be the same kind of level of Nebraska you shock everybody you you're competitive with Ohio State and you you know, maybe you got to knock off both Iowa and Northwestern. Like, there's the three and O hole, the O and three hole, is massive, especially with all these seniors. And so it would have to be, you know, this has to be some. This would have to be a a night and day. The the field goal sailed through the uprights, and after that, everything was different. Right. Yep. That that's where I'd put it. I, I totally agree. I, I think it's got to be. You'd have to at least win two of those four that we think are, are competitive games and uh, throw Ohio State out the window. But that that has to be the baseline of, of even yeah. thinking about it. And then you got to be competitive in the rest of them because then you could actually sell that, hey, it's COVID, it's a weird year. Um, we go into the ninth game, you win that one, you feel a lot better about yourself. But yeah. th- that is – and it's not just an 0-3 hole, right? This is this is a 5-30 against – Big Ten teams not named Rutgers. Yes, it is. It's yes. There's so many different ways to label the whole of you know what was sold was we're going to play the freshmen, we're going to lose bad, and we're sorry. But once we have all this experience, all of that is going to pay off. And for the first three games, it didn't pay off. And honestly, today there's no like payoff, payoff. You just got to win. You know, like there's no you know globally. If we still look at the entire five years. This was supposed to look like Indiana this year. Like what what we were supposed to seeing was a breakout season on a level of maybe 2001 or something like that. Or Minnesota last year. Or Minnesota last year or anything else where you've got all the seniors, you put it all together, it just looks different. You know, I've compared it over the last few, gosh, this whole fall, is I've said that BYU is what this should be looking like. But BYU kind of did the same thing. Sataki went kind of overhauled the program when he took over for Mendenhall. They went 4-9 and nine that second year. BYU had been to 11 consecutive bowls. Then he goes 6-6, six 6-6 and six, six and six in his third and fourth year. BYU fans who are used to winning eight games a year are up in arms, get rid of this guy and this and that. And now he's got his senior team. He's got the overhaul put in. He's got the new schemes put in. And they're like a legit like top 15 team this year. Because of that, so all the all the things he was promising, saying, "Look, I'm re- revamping some things. I'm going to change some things, and once we have it all put together, you're going to see a machine." That's what Illinois fans were hoping to see this year. That all the four years of building was worth it. Haven't seen it yet. You got to win. Your five-star quarterback just did what you think he can do, and now you have to go insane in developing it. Agreed. Well. Um... Piscataway is always worth the trip, man. Illinois Rutgers, this burgeoning uh, Big Ten rivalry. There's always a classic game here, and Illinois football finds a way to, to leave here uh, with a win. Is this your first trip here, Robert? Uh, my first trip to Piscataway, yes. And uh, I didn't expect the press box to be 48 degrees. Uh, I believe they kept the doors and windows open for COVID reasons, like they wanted it like not to be an enclosed room. But I literally like left my jacket, like thinking, you know what, I'm going to park. There's nobody there. I'm going to park right next to the stadium and just walk in. I'm just going to be leaving my jacket there. I'll leave it at home. 
And uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I had my hat on the entire yes, game. Exactly. Yeah, you went and got your coat, then you put your hat on. I always took a picture of you. Like, yes. We are covering in the frozen tunnel. We're at Lambo or something outside. But yeah, it was, I mean, it was a decent day. It was 50 degrees and sunny and everything else. But yeah, that wind blowing right into the press box, my, uh, I had to get up and pace around just to warm myself. I, I like coming to these games so you still get a feel for everything. You still get um, the experience of what these players could see, and you can just see certain things that uh, you don't. So that's why I make the trip. I know that's why Robert takes the trip, and, and we thank our subscribers for, for all of that. But uh, tell people, Robert, what you're going to have at IlliniBoard.com coming after this. Well, uh, I'm going to go to my laptop, which crashed, by the way, just before the game, and so I couldn't even tweet. But I'm going to go and I'm going to write about an Illinois win for the first time in 372 days, 374 days. So, I mean, as you know, like that experience of like the wave of, of people who are angry and want your words to be up there so they can devour them to like put them on their pitchforks and and light everything on fire. Uh, you know, I get it, and God bless our fan base for keeping pressure on all of this, but it's nice sometimes to at least put my brain in the here are the things that went right mode. Like, it's been so long since, like, oh, look, we, we ex exerted our will and said, here's what we're going to do, try and stop it, and they couldn't, and we won. And so that will be a refreshing experience, and if I have to... If I have to come to Piscataway to make it happen, I'm, I'm all for it. Well, and, and you and I also get a different perspective of this, Robert, is understandably Illinois fans should be upset about their football program, uh, and, and they should voice that. And we, we write about it, and we are critical as well. But we also know these kids <laughs> and, and everything they've gone through and, and all the losing they've gone through. Um, so to see them, even if it's just a day today, like if we look back at the season, they're one and seven. At least they had the day. They, at least James McCourt came back from missing two field goals and made that kick and has that moment um, the rest of his life with his teammate. Isaiah Williams, no matter what happens here, he won a game as a starting quarterback in the Big Ten after coming from nothing uh, in, in St. Louis, and, and he and Corey having that moment after the game. Those are cool. Those are cool to write about and cool to see. Yeah, and I really – like, I like that the game ended. You know, you think – I even tweeted it. Like, here comes the Rutgers crazy lateral play. You know, obviously they're going to run it, and you're going to see some offensive lineman throw it over his head or whatever, like a bouquet, a toss at a wedding or something. But uh, so to see it end with they wrap him up, they're thinking he's going to try and lateral, let's just wrap him up, and then they drive him into the mob of <laughs> Illinois. It's like 36 players made the final tackle, 11 who were on the field, and also, you know, all these 25 guys on the bench. So it was just good, you know. They were going nuts, and, you know, they were celebrating with, with McCourt and everything. It's just nice to, like, it's a lot of work to not win in a yeah. year. So uh, it's, it's fun to see them, like, carry a Rutgers ball carrier onto their sideline and say, you are not getting this lateral. Robert, thanks for the time, man. You got it. Appreciate it. All right, that's the Illini Enquirer podcast. Everybody subscribe, rate, rate us, review us wherever you can. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time on the Illini Enquirer podcast.